Welcome to Cardio Radio, a podcast of the Ohio Cardiovascular and Diabetes Health Collaborative, also known as Cardio. This is Dr. Michael Constant from the Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine, and I serve as the principal investigator for Cardio, a statewide network of Ohio's seven medical schools. Cardio is funded by the Ohio Department of Medicaid and shares best practices to improve cardiovascular health, diabetes outcomes, and to eliminate health disparities in Ohio's Medicaid population. The opinions and recommendations in this podcast are those of the presenters and not those of Cardio and its sponsors, and are not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Greetings. I'm Chris Bernheisel, Professor of Family Medicine at the University of Cincinnati. I'm a family physician and the podcast lead for Cardio's Team Best Practices. In this podcast, we will discuss opportunities for pharmacists to contribute to patient care in the outpatient clinical setting. We'll explain how to build a collaborative team that includes pharmacists, review how pharmacists contribute to improved health outcomes for cardiovascular and other chronic conditions, and share tips for practices looking to get started with bringing a pharmacist onto their team. With me today are Mary Lee Clemens and Sarah Aldrich-Renner. Mary Lee and Sarah are both clinical assistant professors at the University of Toledo College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences. They are clinical ambulatory care pharmacists at University of Toledo General Internal Medicine and also members of Cardio's Team Best Practices. It's just fantastic to have you both here with me. It's great to be here. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. Well, Marilee and Sarah, uh, many are familiar with the classic role of the pharmacist in the community and institutional settings. However, a role of pharmacists in outpatient clinical settings continues to evolve so much. Can you review the expertise of a pharmacist and explain the settings in which they work? I would be happy to. Pharmacists are medication experts that work collaboratively with the healthcare team to provide high quality patient care. Currently, the educational pathway includes two to four years of prerequisite work, followed by a four year PharmD program. Following the completion of PharmD, pharmacists are licensed and can complete one to two years of residency to gain additional clinical experience in a wide range of specialties. Lastly, pharmacists can attain board certification in their specialty area. Pharmacists can practice in many settings, but are most commonly found in community pharmacy and on inpatient medical teams. One area of opportunity for pharmacists is working in the ambulatory care space, such as primary care, potentially completing chronic disease management, or in specialty clinics, such as nephrology, completing medication reviews for renal dosing, or even a cardiology clinic completing medication monitoring and titration. That's really helpful. I'm always so amazed by the depth and breadth of expertise that pharmacists really bring to the healthcare team. And it's clear that they're just critical members of our healthcare setting. I would love to hear a little bit more about their use in the outpatient setting. Uh, could you share more about how they're utilized as part of the healthcare team in the ambulatory and outpatient settings? So it's well known that there are increasing demands on primary care providers with more patients and fewer primary care physicians. Because of this, pharmacists are well suited to address gaps in care, such as chronic disease management, implementing quality improvement strategies, providing patient education, and offering support to clinic-wide initiatives. So for example, Sarah and I started in our outpatient internal medicine clinic four years ago. At that point, the clinic did not have outpatient pharmacists working in their space. Our initial task was to improve the collaborative learning environment of the 50-plus medical residents who train in our office. We would often sit in the resident room, listening to them discuss their patients with the attendings and offer our expertise or ideas during the conversations. Pretty soon, the physicians started coming to us for various medication-related questions or asking us to follow up with patients on the therapy plan we developed together. 
This led to developing a process for pharmacists to be engaged in chronic disease management, starting with diabetes. As we became more and more involved with patient care, we've expanded our involvement into hypertension, lipid management, and tobacco cessation. No, I'd love to hear a little more about that. You, you mentioned your involvement in the chronic disease management. Uh, would one of you, uh, Sarah or Mary Lee, would you mind going through your workflow of how an embedded pharmacist can improve chronic disease management, how, your workflow related to chronic disease? As an embedded clinical pharmacist, I function as an integral part of the clinical team. In our clinic, we manage our own patient panel and follow patients for a variety of concerns. Patients are often identified by providers and referred to the pharmacist for chronic disease management. In our clinic specifically, we function under a consult agreement for some diseases, but also receive referrals for many other medication-related concerns. After referral, we generally complete the first visit in person to fully evaluate the patient's medication and build rapport. Then, based on our patient's complexity, we continue with in-person visits or transition to telemedicine visits. During each visit with the patient, medications are reviewed for appropriateness, efficacy, and safety. Recommendations can be made to optimize or adjust therapeutic regimens depending on the goals of the visit. We aim to see or call our patients every two to four weeks in between provider visits with the goal of adjusting medications and improving disease state management. This allows the providers to focus on other concerns during their visits and improves the quality of care for our patients. All of our encounters are documented in the electronic medical record and additional communication occurs verbally or through messages as needed. Once a patient reaches their goals or the referral reason has been addressed, we discharge patients back to the provider. Sometimes we follow patients for several years, such as those we follow for diabetes, while others may be a one-time visit, such as completion of a comprehensive medication review, where the pharmacist provides recommendations on guideline-directed therapy, dosing, drug interactions, and methods to simplify regimens that the provider will implement at their next visit. I could really see how beneficial this would be for the patients and just the improved outcomes I would expect to see with this. Now, early on, though, you, you mentioned something called a consult agreement. What is a consult agreement and how is it utilized in the clinic? So a consult agreement is also known interchangeably as a collaborative practice agreement. And this is a formal document in which a licensed physician or advanced practice provider makes a diagnosis, supervises patient care, and refers patients to a pharmacist under a protocol that allows the pharmacist to perform specific patient care functions. Laws surrounding consult agreements are specific to each individual state. In the state of Ohio, consult agreements are formed between a group of physicians, including advanced practice providers and a group of pharmacists. These agreements allow pharmacists to prescribe, adjust, or stop medications and interpret labs relevant to the disease state. Specifically within our clinic, we function under four disease state consult agreements, including diabetes, hypertension, lipids, and tobacco cessation. We started with these because they are disease states that are commonly treated pharmacologically with many medication therapy options. Thus, it makes sense that a pharmacist would be involved in designing these regimens. Initially, we know that long-term complications of these disease states are often cardiovascular in nature. We know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the U.S. and a very high cost to our healthcare system. So if we can utilize pharmacists as part of the team, we can help improve outcomes and reduce costs. And that's so critical, isn't it? Working in that healthcare team and that team-based care. We know that in order to really get the outcomes we need, we have to have a high-functioning team. Otherwise, it's just way too much. So I would love to hear a little bit more. How do pharmacists fit into the team-based care? Most disease state guidelines now highlight the importance of team-based management to improve care and health outcomes for our patients. Team members can include physicians, advanced practice providers, nurses, 
clinical staff, pharmacists, dietitians, social workers, and many others. As part of the team, pharmacists review the appropriateness of drug therapy to ensure it's guideline-directed, safe, and effective. Additionally, we provide patient and family education to ensure appropriate home monitoring and medication-taking behaviors. So for example, if a patient in our clinic is being seen for management of hypertension, they would initially see the physician or an advanced practice provider for diagnosis and initial treatment. The provider would then refer the patient to the clinical pharmacist for medication titration or adjustments, monitoring, and education. We could also engage the patient with the clinic dietitian for education on sodium, caffeine, and weight management opportunities. Finally, a social worker may be consulted to ensure a patient has transportation to visits, access to healthy foods, and the other social needs are addressed. Thanks. That's really helpful. And so it's the collaborative agreement that actually permits you or provides the opportunity to be able to titrate the medications, do adjustments, monitoring, and education, which really helps you enhance the care that's being provided to these patients. We know there's so many national programs that have really aligned clinical quality measures to improve the prevention and treatment of cardiovascular disease. In addition to their role in team-based care, how can the pharmacists improve quality of care and really have that impact on the value-based care? Is there any evidence or any other examples or information you can share with us? There are numerous examples of the positive clinical outcomes of pharmacists working within outpatient clinics. The impact of pharmacists has been shown in many disease states, ranging from hypertension and diabetes to asthma and other specialty disease states. Additionally, clinic pharmacists can have an impact on overall quality of care. We are well suited to engage in clinic or institution-wide quality-based initiatives that focus on developing and implementing standardized processes to improve patient care, increase value-based revenue, and exceed payer quality measures. In our clinic, we are engaged in quality from many perspectives. We're leaders in our division quality committee and help develop standardized processes for our clinics. One example of this is surrounding hypertension and our work to ensure blood pressures are checked and rechecked appropriately. Providers are following guideline-directed therapy, and patients with elevated blood pressures are returning to clinic for timely follow-up. Additionally, we complete population health initiatives to proactively identify patients with elevated hemoglobin A1Cs to engage them in pharmacist diabetes management. Finally, we work with our value-based care department to address payer-driven measures to improve clinic reimbursement and patient care, such as reviewing medication-taking behavior reports and ensuring patients are on appropriate therapies, such as statin use in persons with cardiovascular disease. I'm sure there's people listening to this right now and don't have a clinical pharmacist are thinking, how do we get moving? How do we make this possible? So I have a few questions on that. I want to first start from the pharmacist perspective, though. You're a brand new pharmacist who's starting this. What are your recommendations? How do they first get started? How did you all get first started? And what recommendations would you make for someone who's about to jump into this? When we first started in our general internal medicine practice, there had never been pharmacists there before. Our biggest piece of advice for others in this situation is to focus on communicating with your clinic team to identify needs and gaps in care. Pharmacist roles in ambulatory practice are widely varied despite similar settings. This is due to the variable needs of each practice or clinic. Pharmacists can fill many gaps in care and offer many services, but it's best to identify the needs of the clinic and embed the pharmacist in these processes. Often pharmacists new in clinic are eager to enter into consult agreements and feel that this is required to provide quality patient care. Although consult agreements allow timely patient care, they're not required as an initial step when integrating a pharmacist into clinic. As a reminder, consult agreements can permit the pharmacist to initiate, change or discontinue medications, order labs, and send referrals. However, even with the agreement in place, regular and timely communication with the other provider should be occurring. 
Pharmacists can still provide high quality and team-based care without consult agreements through collaborative visits and regular communication with the clinic team. As we previously mentioned, we would often sit in the provider room, listening to the residents discuss patients with the providers and offer pharmacy expertise during the conversations. This helped us improve communication and allowed the other providers to understand what a pharmacist could offer. Additionally, pharmacists could attend visits with the providers to learn from them, build relationships with patients, and allow the provider to see the value of a pharmacist. Over time, this allows the roles to be defined in the overall care team. These visits, along with engaging in clinic workflows, can help pharmacists identify the needs of the clinic, such as chronic disease management, population health initiatives, or quality improvement. Overall, working as a team from the start will eventually lead to individualized roles with trust and confidence in the collaborative patient care environment. Once these roles are established, consult agreements can be considered to streamline patient care. After four years now in our clinic experience, our physicians are now some of the biggest pharmacist advocates and regularly refer and engage patients in our clinical services. Thanks, Sarah. That's, that is really helpful. And I just loved how you all approached it by first listening and building that team and really identifying those gaps so you can identify how can your role be really lived out to the fullest. I, I think that's such a great model. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, looking at on the side of the clinic, I would love to hear your advice for a practice who's looking to engage in a clinical pharmacist. Based on the literature and our experience, there are a lot of ways where pharmacists can make a clinical and financial impact. Most of these areas surround quality improvement and value-based care. Pharmacists can engage in development, oversight, and implementation of quality initiatives while also engaging in patient care. The practice could first identify unmet needs in the clinic, such as poor hypertension control, lack of support for tobacco cessation, or transitions of care challenges. Once areas of opportunity are identified, pharmacists can be engaged to develop these services to meet the clinic needs. Pharmacists are widely known as the most accessible healthcare professional and have extensive clinical training at entry level. We would recommend working to find a pharmacist in your area that is highly motivated to engage in the ambulatory care setting or start new initiatives. This could be an opportunity for collaboration with local hospitals, universities, and community pharmacies. Thanks. Uh, I hate to bring this part up, but I just feel like it's the elephant in the room. This all sounds amazing. We're all ready to jump in. How do we pay for it? Uh, could you just provide some practical advice on what are the financial means to support a pharmacist? How, how does this work? This is a great question, and we could probably have a two-hour podcast discussing the nuances of pharmacist reimbursement. First, I'd like to mention, though, that pharmacists are not currently recognized as providers by Medicare, which does limit our ability to bill for services. So what I mean by this is that if a pharmacist completes an in-person visit with a patient, that takes an hour, includes five medication changes to guideline-directed therapy and extensive education. For most insurances, we could only bill what is equivalent to a nurse visit for a flu shot. Obviously, this can lead to concerns about paying for clinical pharmacists. In the state of Ohio, however, pharmacists are recognized as providers, but this does not mean we can now automatically bill for anything and that payment is guaranteed. This change has to occur with the specific health plans in order to receive reimbursement. We're very grateful that Ohio Medicaid recognizes pharmacists as providers and has created a fee schedule for which pharmacists can bill for various services, including phone calls, in-person visits, administration of immunizations, and other clinic duties. In our space, this has certainly improved our financials, but does not cover everything. However, in addition to billing, there are some ways we can improve reimbursement to our clinics to fund the pharmacist. One way to improve reimbursement is through value-based care models. 
When pharmacists are integrated into the value-based care team, we can provide on-the-ground counseling, identify root causes for why patients may not take their medications appropriately, and communicate with the team on how to improve outcomes. This results in improved health of the patient, fewer hospitalizations and emergency department visits, improved clinic quality measures, and cost savings for everyone involved. These cost savings can be used to offset the cost of a pharmacist. Finally, if a single practice could not fund a pharmacist, pharmacist funding could be split between hospitals, universities, and other clinics in your area. Just curious, you mentioned that Medicare does not recognize pharmacists as providers, but the state of Ohio does recognize pharmacists as providers. Does that mean that for a state of Ohio under Medicaid and Medicaid managed plans, pharmacists are able to bill, but under Medicare they are not, or is it more nuanced than that? So it's more nuanced than that and depends on the type of clinic you're working in, the location of the clinic, so whether it's facility-based or physician-based, and your institution's rules can also influence billing opportunities. There are ways to bill with most insurances, but reimbursement can be variable, and overall we would recommend investigating at your particular clinic practice. That's all so helpful, and I think the takeaway that I hear there is that financially this is very viable and there's many different avenues to go about doing it. So thank you for that uh, information. That is so helpful. Also, thank you both for joining me today. I I learned so much today. I learned quite a bit about how pharmacists can really fill in the gaps in the outpatient clinic and are such integral parts of team-based care. I also just love hearing about with the collaborative agreement, able to adjust medications, able to follow along and really enhance and provide such outstanding care to our patients with chronic disease states. I also really appreciate hearing about identifying areas of opportunity in the clinic that allow for the creation of pharmacist-led services to provide patient-centered care. Thank you so much, Sarah and Marilee, for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We enjoyed being here. And a special thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Cardio Radio. This concludes today's podcast. Be sure to visit cardio.org to learn more about the Ohio Cardiovascular and Diabetes Health Collaborative.